0: Welcome back. Good to have you. No Michael's show on this Friday final hour. We got Mike Clements coming up in about 30 minutes. Don't go anywhere. Anywhere. But uh, good to have you as the uh, the Packers sit home and watch what uh, transpired over the weekend. You kind of think of what it could have should have, what could have been. And uh, instead, now you kind of sit back and start to think about a new defensive coordinator, what pieces may or may not be here. How much better can this team get to get over the hump? And could this team only be a season, maybe two away from getting back to a Super Bowl? How great that would be, obviously. Uh, next year, now think about this, ultimate party, New Orleans. Next year's New Orleans. So it would have been great to see him in Vegas, but you want to talk about a party town, Packers fans hanging out in New Orleans. I can see that. Let the Hurricanes and the beer flow. Hell yes. So I'm looking forward to that maybe next year crossing my fingers. Uh, like I said, Mike Clements coming up in about 30 minutes. Until
1: then, uh, Grant Vils, you got some either or stuff to discuss. Yeah, I just want to talk about some quarterbacks. Because I, I think, and you would agree with this, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, these three weeks can be so brutal for quarterbacks. Because three weeks ago, Lamar Jackson, is he's perfect. He's an MVP, right? This year he's going to do it, and then he loses yesterday. And all of that can change so much. Can I start by asking you, Bill? And I have some questions about quarterbacks. But I want to start yeah. by asking you. How did your opinion of Lamar change yesterday? Compared to where you came in, Lamar and the Ravens were your Super Bowl pick. Then they lose that game yesterday, and it didn't look great. How did your opinion of Lamar change? Where do you stand on Lamar?
0: Uh, My opinion of Lamar Jackson is kind of the same. He is great at times. He is an unbelievably gifted and athletic quarterback. Um, He just has not been able to get over the hump. Uh, And I really thought this year, with the addition of OBJ, some veteran that's been there, done that, the defense they had, the run game they had, I thought this was it. This was the year that they – and they, up until the loss yesterday, they've kind of been the class of the NFL. They have been the team that just can go in and smash you in the mouth, can punch you in the face, can outrun you, can outscore you. And they've been that good. And yesterday, I just, again, a team that's been there and done that and figures out how to win, which is the reason why they've been to five Super Bowls or four Super Bowls in the last five years, is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, kudos to Kansas City. But Lamar Jackson just, he can't get there. He keeps running up uh, against a wall that maybe he's going to be the, you know, maybe he's going to constantly be the Charles Barkley to Michael Jordan type of thing where he's... Sure. Just not going to – you know, kind of like Peyton Manning. Think about how many Super Bowl Peyton Manning could have actually been to had he not run into Tom Brady. You know, maybe that's – maybe Mahomes is going to be everybody's, you know, Tom Brady now that uh, Tom Brady is no longer. So maybe that's what it is. But just what a what a performance by uh, by Andy Reid and company yesterday.
1: So – but I just think he's a guy that's built to come up short. It's one thing to lose to Mahomes. I don't think there's any dishonor in that. Like, Mahomes is awesome. It was a little – jarring yesterday I mean Lamar looked like he didn't belong on the same field as Mahomes Josh Allen like they've had some battles but Lamar Jackson kind of looked like a BB gun compared to Mahomes yesterday I'm like man I I know there's no shame in losing to Mahomes but I I wanted it to look a little bit better so let's say Mahomes is the best quarterback in the AFC in football let's let's set him to the side I want to know if you were starting a team who would be the next AFC quarterback you would take Lamar Herbert josh allen would it be burrow where do you stand on the next guy i'm curious Ooh, i probably uh, the problem i have
0: with burrow is he's not available
1: two big this injuries is the third year in a yep. row
0: he's, he's always hurt um but burrow is to me he can run a little bit he's unbelievably cerebral terrific arm uh, can throw the deep ball as is, is accurately as he does a laser, he would be the guy. And he's got that, that championship ilk in him. But he's always banged up. If I had to go with a new quarterback,
2: hmm,
0: I would have thought last year Trevor Lawrence might have been that guy too. But right. He faltered. Um, whew, That's a great question. I mean, if, if you're exiting out of the Lamar Jackson, the Mahomes and stuff, or are those guys in the mix? Give me that
1: again. Th- those guys are in the mix. Anybody but Mahomes is on the
0: table. in the Anybody AFC. but Mahomes. Yep. Anybody but Mahomes. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. I Then I'd probably go with Trevor Lawrence. Really? At least he's been available. Yeah, I probably would because I think he's got a ton of upsides still. Uh, him or Burrow. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been – God, Trevor Lawrence's durability is amazing. After taking that ankle injury that we saw – uh, the week before the playoffs, and then for him to come back and just make it back to be able to play was nothing short of amazing. Maybe Trevor Lawrence, but uh, I, Lamar Jackson's fantastic, athletic, but he's he's not been there, and Joe Burrow did it in a very short period of time. The, and, you know, look, he's a national championship winner as well, so he's been there, done that, but i I take Joe Burrow. If it wasn't for the injuries, i take Joe Burrow in a heartbeat. We'd probably be talking about maybe a different situation, too, because Joe Burrow's actually had the number of Patrick Mahomes and company. He hasn't been afraid of going down to Kansas City and getting a win. So I'd probably take Joe Burrow. But if I had to take a second pick to that, it would be Trevor Lawrence. Because I still think that there's a lot of upside. And I think Trevor Lawrence is much better than Justin Herbert.
1: It feels like so long ago, but Joe Burrow and the Bengals did go out to San Francisco and give them the business. Like They, right. they beat the Niners team handily. Too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm with you on the injuries. L- let me ask you this, because we didn't mention C.J. Stroud. All the elite quarterbacks are over in the AFC. The best quarterbacks in the NFC, the, the biggest contenders this year, were Dak, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, Stafford, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. If you mm-hmm. were starting an NFL team, would you take any of those guys over C.J. Stroud right now?
0: No. No. Uh, no. I, I C.J. Stroud, and, and this is coming from somebody who absolutely, positively hates Ohio State quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud has been all of it. All of it. Uh, he He was amazing this year. Now, of course, you got to do it for another year, but for his rookie season to come in and do what he did, um, I, I'm thoroughly impressed by CJ Stroud and what he was able to do. So I, I, I and I might even kind of change it back from, Joe, from you know, Trevor Lawrence to CJ Stroud, but Trevor Lawrence, at least we've seen that progress from his first year to where he is today. And I think his first year was really set back, again, by Urban Meyer and what went on down there. But yeah, I, I really like what they're doing. And yeah, I, I mm, that's tough, but I'll, I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. I, I,
1: I think CJ Stroud is the guy that I would take. Is Jordan love the quarterback with the most upside. Now, if you were to have to bet on these guys, like their stocks, right? Like what you would have to pay for them now and where they might end up. Dak, Jordan, love hurts Stafford, Purdy Goff. I, I mean, I think there's a, a reasonable world in which we get two years down the road and Jordan love is the best or very close to the best quarterback in the NFC. He's really close right now. Right. Um, no, I,
0: I'd agree with that. Jordan love. uh, Again, you go back through the numbers and you look at Jordan Love over the last seven, eight weeks of the season. He's the best quarterback in the national football league. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how can you, how can you not recognize that? Um, but like everybody has pointed out, you have to, you have to take a look at what he did early on. Now, was it, he learned and everything started to click and now he's got the game. Or was it just other guys started making plays? Did he start making more plays? I think we saw a lot more out of him. But I need to see now what he did in those last seven weeks now be an entire season. And I think that's where people are going to go, okay, I've got an eyebrow raised, but I believe he's really, really good.
1: Would you bet on Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh? or Josh Allen and Sean McDermott? If you had to pick one of those two combinations to get farther next year in the playoffs, who would it be?
0: Give me those again.
1: Jordan Love and... Or no, no, no. Justin Herbert with Jim Harbaugh now, or Sean McDermott and Josh Allen in the Bills? Oh. Right?
0: That's a great question, too. I, I, I would probably have to say Harbaugh. Because we've seen, Josh, we've seen this before with Josh Allen and company, and I don't think it's all Josh Allen, but we've seen this before. And, and you now, if you are there, if you are in uh, Buffalo, now you got to look at it and go, "Okay, is this really the guy that's going to take us over the top? Is this really the guy that can that can get us there?" McDermott, you mean the coach? Yeah, Mick McDermott. I mean, I
1: I think it's a legitimate question. I, I think it's legit. I I think the Bills should have been maybe considered. And the timing is tough, right? If you make it deep in the playoffs, it's a lot harder to make a coaching change because a lot of the good candidates yeah. are, are already in the process or hired right. by other teams. But Sean McDermott enters next year on the hot seat, doesn't he? Absolutely. I would think so. Because
0: if he doesn't get over the top this, this coming year, then they're going to say, look, we've gone as far as we can go with you. we got to move on. I mean,
1: they had him at home. They had the Chiefs at yep. home in the weather, too. A little bit of snow right. and I don't know. I I think that speaks volumes to
0: everything they wanted. Yeah, everything. Did by the way, did you watch the? uh, They always do the the road to the champion to championship weekend. Did you watch that yesterday? Mm Mm-hmm. And did you notice when Patrick Mahomes came running out of the tunnel for the uh, for the game in Buffalo? It was maybe two inches. Somebody had thrown a snowball, and he came out without a helmet on, and they threw this snowball, and he kind of ducked. I guess he saw it in his periphery coming, which probably makes him a really good quarterback when it comes to pass rush. But he kind of moved. Had that hit him, it would have hit him. When they slowed it down, it would have hit him right in the eye. I mean, think about how close one fan came to taking Patrick Mahomes out of that game before the game got going, throwing a snowball at his head.
1: Yeah, imagine. He him
0: running out of the tunnel and it goes right past his <sighs> his, his head on the left side of his face and it would have hit him right in the eye. Had he kind of like moved or looked over that way, it would have hit him right in the eye. And we were, we were, Chris and I were sitting on the couch going, Oh my God, I never even saw that. But think about how close that came to hitting him right in the eye and him not even being here today because of that,
1: because yeah. of a fan's stupidity. Yeah. What if he scratches his cornea or something and can't play a football right? game and it's because of a, I mean, that's a nightmare situation. I don't even know what they would do. That, yeah.
0: I mean, what, first of all, they'd say, Well, you should have been running out there with your helmet on, but, what happens if a fan would do something to an opposing quarterback to take him out of the game? Think about that. I don't know, because if I'm a, a Chiefs fan, I'd be screaming, we're going to wait until next week to play this game. Not fair. Yeah, that'd but, be But, yeah, wild. that's that's how close it was.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Crazy, huh? That'd be wild. Well, I just wanted to ask you some questions about all these quarterbacks because we think we know, like I remember going into last year, Bill, everyone's high on Herbert, everyone's high on Burrow, everyone's high on Allen, and going into the postseason, I'm like, well, these guys are going to have to play each other, so we're going to have to move some of these guys down because there can only be so many quarterbacks that we think are like tens out of tens, right? So now I, I just wonder what everyone's going to say about Lamar this week because it looked it looked bad. He looked like not right. even close to on the same level as Mahomes yesterday.
0: Yeah, he he again much like we've seen out of him in the past, he just kind of crumbled. He just kind of crumbled and that's you know, that's that's Lamar Jackson. And and he's can we now consider Lamar Jackson into the same situation as say
1: Dak Prescott? Yeah, their games look very different, but Right? Spiritually, yeah, they're they're kind of the same player. They'll put up awesome stats in the regular season. You win a lot of games, but maybe in the postseason, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that he's not clutch in the playoffs or he doesn't raise his, his game to another level. I just think Mahomes is that much better than everyone. But I did expect more from Lamar yesterday. Yeah, I did
0: too. Let's do this. We'll come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll get back into some of this stuff as well. Mike Clemens come up, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Don't go anywhere. I got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up on this sunny Monday, right? This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. On this sunny Monday, the Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Good, good stuff. Uh, Barb was in town. Our girl Barb from uh, Four Seasons was in town yesterday. Back up to the Four Seasons today saying hi. Uh, But they got a lot of great stuff. They got the Chocolate Festival that just went over, uh, you know, just huge. They got Mardi Gras coming up. They've got different bands. They got the Battle of the Bands weekend coming up where you can get your room, tickets to the Battle of the Bands, and free beer. (laughs) there you go your ears went up didn't they yeah i kid you not a call for details if you're looking for that 715-938-5110 if you like music you like beverages you're looking for a weekend getaway oh yeah that's the four seasons island resort 715-938-5110 715-938-5110 make sure you tell them you heard it right here you get yourself a discount 715-938-5110 it is a great escape on the island up north in pembine wisconsin or you know once it gets colder and the snow is flying again up there they've got the pine mountain ski resort that'll open up as well but again call barb 715-938-5110 715-938-5110 grant uh, so let's get back to it we got our either ors when it comes to quarterback play in the national football league so give me uh, give me some more uh, some give me some more thoughts
1: i love i love quizzing you on this i love hitting you with either ors would you rather If you were trying to win a Super Bowl, would you rather build your team around Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts? Purdy.
0: Really? Purdy, yeah. Uh, And I know that because Hurts was there last year, he was a guy that was a candidate for an MVP, all of that stuff that goes along with it. I know people that think that Hurts is so much more talented and more athletic, but I'm just going to say there's something that I dig about Purdy. I don't know what it is and i I don't I'm not to say that I probably could be wrong in this, but I just I like Purdy's demeanor the fact that you saw at the end of the season that Jalen hurts is sitting by himself on a bench just kind of either pouting or nobody wanted to be near the guy one of the two it, it to me it kind of spoke volumes and so I thought ah, maybe he's not the guy because things were slowly imploding behind the scenes anyway and let me ask you this do you think Philadelphia is back next year by keeping Nick Sirianni Sirianni.
1: well who they they brought in Kellen Moore right for OC who wasn't any good with the Chargers last year and Vic Fangio who kind of didn't do the greatest job as defensive coordinator in Miami so I don't I I don't I don't know they had to rebuild the staff the second straight year around Sirianni did they delay the inevitable do you think I, I I kind of think so I, I don't know that that's like for sure. Like if you say that Sirianni deserves one more year, I think that's totally fair. I think that in a year we're just we're, they're going to be cleaning it out again because they they quit on him. It fell apart down the stretch, and he never showed any ability to pull him out of that right. And you saw it on all the faces of of all the players the last couple of weeks. They were cooked, and they all knew it.
0: Right. I wonder if this is very reminiscent of the last season of Mike McCarthy, that people felt like he should be gone. They didn't get rid of him. They said, look, it's not his fault. You know, you're going to get people around him, blah, blah, blah. And then midway through the season, it fell apart. And, again, he had no ability to kind of wrap his arms around it. Now, granted, he was being kind of sabotaged from within, but other players inside that Philadelphia locker room had become kind of contentious as well. So it kind of feels similar. It's not that Nick Sirianni's a bad coach. It's just that maybe it might be time for greener pastures. But then again, I get it because they're trying to keep the continuity uh of of philadelphia they're trying to hang on to that you know so i wonder if they're gonna just run into the same situation because they don't want they they went through chip kelly they went through doug peterson doug peterson wins you a championship and then they finally get sirianni and it's like every two years you're going to go through another coach i i just I, I think they have to have some stabilization but you've got to stabilize it by winning this year you have to
1: I think so, and I, I think demeanor is is a good point because basically Hertz and, and Purdy, they're both quarterbacks of an all-star offense, right? Mm-hmm. With stars on the right. O-line, star wide receivers, star tight ends, and you see the Niners players when they're asked about him. They, they love him. They hype him up, and I think that right. goes a long way into Purdy playing with confidence, and I think the opposite might be true of Hertz It doesn't make him a bad guy, but if he's quiet and kind of keeps to himself, uh, it doesn't exactly help matters when the team is kind of spiraling. Out of control. Right. Just something to think about. I have I have another one for you. An NFC quarterback yeah, comparison, if you'd like one. Let's say we set up a a trade between the Cowboys and the Lions. Swap Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. Which team would say no to that? I think the Lions. I kind of think so too. Goff had a the, the, really good couple yeah. of weeks
0: here. The Lions would say no, and here's the reason why is because they are in a groove. Uh, You've got Jared. Goff. Did you read the comments from Jared Goff that said Dan Campbell is the best leader of men he's ever been around? And that's taking into account Sean McVay. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he would say that. But he said he's the best leader of men. I mean, it was like unsolicited. And I think that they have got uh, a real belief in one another. Dan Campbell's been able to resurrect that career. Uh, I think there's a lot of good that's going on there. And I think the, the Lions would say, no, we're going to roll with the guys we have. You know, uh, these are the guys that were in the street fight with us. These are the guys that we'll put it together with. I think they'd roll with their own. Um, I don't think they want any part of Dak Prescott, to be honest with you. I just don't.
1: Well, Jared Goff kind of did the thing the last two weeks that we've yet to see Dak Prescott do is make big throws and big moments. I mean, Jared Goff made that throw on fourth down to Reynolds. He just dropped it. Right? right? Like I oh, thought, yeah. and, and who did we talk to earlier? Brad Spielberger said Jared Goff was awesome. The last two games, he didn't really yeah. put any of this game on, on Jared Goff.
0: Nope. Nope. Uh, they, you know, if anything, they're going to put it on the decision-making of Dan Campbell, the drops, uh, you know, an incredibly lucky play for Brandon. Iuke um, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, um, I would tend to agree that I think Detroit would say, no, we don't, we don't want Dak Prescott here. We've seen Dak Prescott's game. When he gets to the postseason, Dak Prescott begins to throw. Aaron passes, begins to choke, under pressure. Yeah, it's just and, – and maybe, you know what? Maybe, though, it would be a change of scenery that would make Dak better, but you're not going to change the scenery for Jared Goff and think that you're going to a Super Bowl all of a sudden with Dak because that's the unknown. What you know is Jared Goff was not the issue. It yeah. was a couple of play calls here and there and some drop passes, and that was
1: it. I would agree. I got one more. This one's a little yeah. – this one's a little nutty. It's an AFC one. You, Bill Michaels, are the general manager of the New York Jets. Okay? And you have an opportunity going into this year, let's say the money in the contract doesn't matter just for this year. You have an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles or Kirk Cousins coming off an of Achilles. Which one would you take? Just for this year. Don't even think about the money.
0: Kirk Cousins. Wow. Kirk Cousins. And this is how far Aaron Rodgers has fallen. The Aaron Rodgers the player is terrific but what we saw and the breath of fresh air we saw was just go run the offense leave your opinion leave your attitude leave your crap at the door and just go run the offense just go run it the way it's supposed to be run get on the same page with your guys be a leader and I think at this point in time um that I I would you know I would all things being equal I'd probably take Kirk Cousins because he just runs the offense now he doesn't win in the postseason Uh, But at some point with the defense you have, I don't think you're going to win in the postseason with Rodgers either. I could be completely proven wrong going into next year. Maybe I've become a little bit jaded uh, to the anti-Rodgers side of things. But listening to Rodgers this year focus on so many things outside of the game and be occupied with trying to be smarter than everybody, it's like nothing has changed. Nothing's ever going to change. He's got enough money, he's got enough power, he's got enough ego, he's got enough attitude that I think the ability, the relatability factor, and I said this last year, to lower yourself to lift others up I think is beyond Aaron Rodgers. I think he doesn't mind helping you, but he's not going to lower himself to you. And I think that has become a huge stumbling block for Aaron Rodgers.
1: That's I, I I mean, we talked about all these AFC quarterbacks, right? Herbert and Harbaugh now and, and Burrow and like we didn't even mention Aaron Rodgers in the Jets. And I right. like he hurt his Achilles. That's so not his fault. But right. Like, I have a really tough time thinking if you sat down, Bill, and you broke down how many playoff spots, how many division winners like not all these teams can get in in the AFC. Right. The Jets like it's not a foregone conclusion. The Jets bounce back and in my opinion are above 500. Like I, if you would have to bet the jets to finish 500 or better or worse, I would imagine they finish around 500. That's what I'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. I I do too. And
0: I, I, don't, you get the feeling like if, if Rogers doesn't come out and set the world on fire in the first five or six games, that the screaming of the jets fan is going to become deafening because all the guys he wanted didn't prove to be very good. he, just created a lot of controversy in the off season, or in his injury-plagued season, uh, off the field, and they're going to look at it and go, "Why? Why did we get this guy? Why did? Why was Green Bay so willing to part with him? And, and and you get it now, because it's just the headache can become more than the talent, and then when the headache gets too large for the talent, then you're like, okay, we don't need this anymore. Well, that's and what I, I, that's that's the reason I think the Packers didn't go all in another year with him by their side.
1: That's what Jets fans and media were saying this year. And Rogers was hurt. Sure. But going into next year, all the Jets fans and talkers are going to say, well, we got your O.C. We're keeping the coach that you like. We're keeping the GM you like. We got Lazard here. We got cut. Now it's time for you to hold up your end of the bargain. And that's going to be right. the, the thought process coming into week one is Jets fans are going to want to see it. You're absolutely right, Bill. No doubt. Let's do this. We'll step
0: away, take a quick break. When we come back, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with there that was there with us on Saturday night, Mike is going to join us. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill, covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one, watching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk.
1: It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Is he in? He's down to the five. What a play from Ayuk. I'll tell you what, this is the best play they've made all day. And, man, Kendall Vindori he had one. It hit him right in the face mask.
3: It's hard when you lose that way. Um, it's hard. You know, you feel like you get your heart ripped out. So, But I'm proud of that group, and I'll go anywhere with that group. You wish you could keep it all together, but that's not the reality. So... Um, you know, we did some really good things, but today we, we didn't do enough, and uh,
0: it's tough.
4: Hello Detroit, you've touched my soul.
0: Little Detroit tunage. Good stuff. Our guy Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, and just a mile from Lambeau Field. And the Homestyle uh, Family Restaurant is the Bay Family Restaurant and they got that good, good homestyle cooking seven days a week. Uh, again, South Military Avenue in Green Bay, but you call them for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com, baymotelgreenbay.com. Michael, how you doing, pal?
2: Pretty good. Um, I, I, I am fascinated on how the Lions let this game slip away um you know one of the things that was going for detroit is their fans that the the change in the fan support has been so dramatic from year one to year two to now year three since dan Campbell arrived and what they've done with their stadium did you see the cutaway pictures of how packed ford field was with people when you yes. just watch the game amazing. on tv yep. you know and that's something that happens in sports right when you've When you've had a franchise that hasn't been a winner for a long time and suddenly they're on the doorstep of the playoffs and then maybe the championship game, you know, you just get all kinds of pent-up energy that's been waiting and waiting for a winner for for decades, whatever. Whatever the sport is. And that's where Detroit is, and that almost seems to be to their advantage right now. And then you just gut them, (laughs) bunch gut them all yesterday. I, I, I think that I think going up twenty four seven and looking so strong against you know a veteran team like that just makes this worse don't you think
0: i i do i, I look i i i think when i when I watched that game yesterday, I thought the one thing was Dan Campbell took uh, kind of some unnecessary chances. However, in listening to the guys afterwards, they said it would have felt as if he didn't believe in us because we did it that way all season long. We went for it on 4th and 1 and 4th and 2 25 times this year, more than anybody else in the National Football League. And had he started kicking field goals at that period of time, they would have felt like he lost faith in them.
2: Well, So a, he kind
0: of did what he did.
2: Yeah. So this team starts off with an emotional coach. The, the, the emotion is the key component. Uh, throughout the hallways of that building, that organization for the for the last three years, especially with you know the fan support all around there, I, I I can't remember a team, maybe going back to the Bears and Ditka, that played with that much emotion, you know that that was such a a pillar, one of the main things that they stressed with that organization, and so you know how and then why do they come out so flat? To me, the defensive line started to break down for. The Lions in the second half, they just it looked like they were running out of gas. You know, Adian Hutchinson's outstanding, but he kind of disappeared. He the, the Lions know that they've got to get another pass rusher to you know complement Hutchinson, and they're they're desperate for corners. You know, and and the 49ers, and that's the other thing too. How come the 49ers come out so flat back to back weeks? Like did he get to, against the Packers and now against Detroit? So after the game, I'm, I was curious to hear Dan Campbell when he was asked why the Lions never could seem to find a rhythm in the second half against San Francisco. Yeah.
3: You know, it's been it's been very uncharacteristic of us. We've always been able to to get our momentum back and uh, it's hard to to say I you know, I honestly right now I can't put my finger on that. That's not like us. Um, you know, we had plays to be made that we just didn't make we normally do. And you know, some of the things third quarter that we came out I thought we did a really good job defensively man held in to three and then got the ball back moved it you know and um but we just couldn't we just couldn't quite make those plays and so third quarter you know we've been in there we've been there before um and so fourth quarter you're you feel like we're going to get it back and we just couldn't quite get over the hump and uh, and we just that hasn't been on us all year and it showed up today at the worst time
0: Mike, I said this, I tweeted it out yesterday, actually. I said, Look, uh, it's always a couple of plays that you don't make against really good teams that capitalize. And it was very reminiscent of that Packers game where the Packers had opportunities. They had a couple of picks, they dropped them. They had a couple of opportunities to make some tackles, they missed them. They had a couple of opportunities to make some big plays, and they didn't take advantage of it. And a good team like San Francisco will say, Okay, that's fine. Now we're going to roll. And then that's often what they did.
2: Uh, you know, the first punch thrown in that game was Josh Reynolds, Josh Williams does that end around, a little gadget play, which, you know, Dan Campbell likes, 42-yard touchdown. Then they're driving and pounding the ball. They get him in the red zone. David Montgomery scores from one. Uh, Gibbs scores from one. You know, Gibbs was hot in the first half. In the second half, he ends up having a fumble, which, you know, helped out McCaffrey for a run. And then, of course, the, you know, the, one of the crazy plays of the day is Brandon Ayuk is down there. Uh, you know, about 40, 50 yards downfield, the ball bounces off the, the face mask of, uh, of the the corner, and he catches it. Uh, you know, on the on the rebound, down at the four, and scores a couple plays later for a touchdown. And you could just feel the crazy momentum shift. And Campbell talked about how how when in a play, it's always this way in these playoff games. One or two big plays seems to make a difference in the NFL postseason.
3: You don't know which play is going to make the difference, which one. You say that every game, but when you get in there with, a, you know, a heavyweight like Sam Fran, man, that it is the difference. Um, and sometimes you can only say so much, you got to live it. Unfortunately, you got to get your heart ripped out, which we did. And it's a lesson learned. And look, I told those guys, this may have been all we shot. Do I think that? No. I believe that no. however I, I know how hard it is to get here I, I'm well aware and it'll be it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year that's that's the reality and if we don't have the same hunger and the same work which is a whole nother thing once we get the off season, then we got no shot of getting back here I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive it's irrelevant it's going to be tough Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up. You know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, which is fine. You know, you want to make the most of every opportunity. And we we had an opportunity and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it does. It
0: stings. It stings. Mike, uh, he is going to be second-guessed from now to the end of time when it comes to uh, whether or not he should have gone for it and such.
2: Yeah, on these fourth down plays, yeah, absolutely. And that had happened twice. And, you know, after the Packers beat him on Thanksgiving, I think it was like a week later that they cut their kicker and they brought in another one, this Michael Begley. But, no, you were right earlier. I mean, this is Dan Campbell. He goes for it on fourth down. He's been doing that for three years. A matter of fact, he's made 62 go for it on fourth and short uh, attempts in the last three years. He leads the league on going for it on fourth down. So they got a fourth and two from the 28. Uh, they had the Josh Reynolds drop and the IU, uh, uh, uh TD. Uh, then the Jamar Gibb fumble, and there's tw- two uh, instances there. We had a fourth and two from uh, the 28, and another one a fourth and three from the 49ers' 30, and instead of sending the kicking team, he sends in, you know, Jared Goff. One of those ended up being an interception. but They come up short, and, you know, the 49ers take the ball. It's one more possession, and they end up tying the game. So we, Dan Campbell asked, why didn't you kick at least one field goal? At least when, you know, you could have you know uh, uh tied it up or gone uh, you know when you was like 27-24 with like 6-7 minutes left to play
3: yeah i just felt really good about us converting and uh getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball um you know they were bleeding the clock out that's what they do um and i wanted to get the upper hand back um you know and it's easy hindsight and i get it you know um, I get that, but I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard, you know it's hard because you know they didn't we didn't come through it wasn't able to to work out, but i just i don't i don't and I understand the scrutiny I'll get and that's part of the gig man um but you know we just this didn't work out.
0: Mike, uh, you know, you could kind of feel that game starting to go. They ended up not getting it on fourth down. They come back. 49ers get a, a, you know, a score. Suddenly the fumble. 49ers take it back in. It seemed like at that point in time things really began to snowball.
2: Yeah, you know, and there's one thing that Campbell said there, and they started bleeding the clock. I remember when the Packers beat Andy Reid. Andy Reid said, I'm not Jordan Love. He's really good at using up the clock. And then I said to Jordan, were you trying to do that? Were you trying to sort of clock the game, wait until the last second for the staff? He goes, no, no, we're just, we're just trying to score, man. So it's interesting. Sometimes you hear these losing coaches, when they can't seem to get their team back on the field, they, they're convinced the opposition the, uh, now is trying to you know, chew up every second that they can to keep them off the field. And Jared Goff, you know, Goff and Purdy each had quarterback ratings of about 88, 89. Purdy had an interception, one touchdown. Goff had no interceptions but the one touchdown, but, you know, not enough yardage, and Goff was asked, you know, when did you feel a 24 to 7 lead start to slip away?
0: They scored. We didn't convert the fourth down. They scored again. We, we turned the ball over. That little sequence right there um, makes it tough, but, but I mean, the, <laughs> we were still in the lead, I believe, at that point, and, um, yeah, had had plenty of opportunities to still win it there at the end, and um, yeah, it just came up short, and it, it, I, I, I struggle finding the words to totally encapsulate how or why, but um, no quarter-half play defines any of us, and unfortunately, um, they were better than us today. Then you've got uh, the other game, the AFC game, and that, boy, I tell you what, you talk about a myriad of just trying to be badass mistakes by Harbaugh's crew, between Flowers and Jadavian Clowney going to the head of Patrick Mahomes and just just a lot of bad mistakes by the, uh, by the Baltimore Ravens.
2: Undisciplined. And the best yes. example is Zay Flowers, their speedy rookie receiver. He gets this beautiful 54-yard pass down to the Kansas City 10. They're down by 10, you know, and Lamar hits him on a beautiful throw. He gets up and taunts the guy while he's laying on his back. That's a flag then they go to him for a possible touchdown and Snead makes probably the defensive play of the day knocking that ball out creating a, a fumble and and then the and then the kid is on the sidelines banging his hands in the bench in frustration and gets a laceration on one of his fingers i mean just how dumb can you be and John Harbaugh was asked about the penalties and and he kind of blew it off in this very short press conference. He, he talked about how they built their roster throughout the year. You know, they brought in Jadavian Clowney. He's still out there. He's been on five different teams. He's 30 years old now. And here's Harbaugh after the game.
4: So many players. So many players that had so much to prove. I think of a guy like John Simpson, you know, just off the top of my head, who he had so much to prove and come in and play the way he did. Um, you know, uh, Jadavian Clowney and Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, just two guys that came in late, you know, that, that uh, you know, didn't seem like anybody else wanted. Right, and they came in and played the way they did. So uh, there's so many stories on this team, so many individual stories. The message is to you know, is, is, you know eyes straight ahead, you know, your chin up, your chest out, and uh, and understand what you what you did accomplish. And uh, I'm proud of them.
3: John, was your immediate thought as to why the offense wasn't able to kind of put its best foot forward?
4: Uh, we just weren't able to. You know, we had a couple opportunities to score down there. We didn't get the touchdowns. I mean, it was really a defensive struggle. If, if you step back and look at the whole game. And uh, they were able to score the points, and we weren't.
0: 16 rushing attempts is definitely not what you guys normally do. It was
4: kind of that kind of a game, I'd say. You know, that's the way it worked out, the game, kind of the way the game went.
0: John, how disappointing were some of the penalties
4: where um, it seemed like maybe losing composure at a couple of points? Call ships, but... Yeah, really don't have anything to say about those until I get a better look at them. Got to look at the film, Bill.
0: Yeah, got to look at the film, uh, which we all – those are the words we, we love to hate, uh, for sure. But uh, Lamar Jackson, Mike, this was a game he had to have and, again, fall short.
2: Well, I mean, stupid play calling offensively for the Ravens, too. They only – in a 17-10 game, you only ran the ball 16 times. Guess what? The Chiefs ran it 32 times. And even though the Chiefs only had like, 67 yards offensively there in the second half and they're holding on to that 10-point, to then 7-point lead – they were controlling the football and, and being safe. And L- Lamar, who is probably going to be, you know, awarded the MVP, I, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator for Andy Reid and the Chiefs, once again comes up with a plan that says, you know what, let him throw the football. Just keep them from those big yard gains. Shut down their run game. That's exactly what it did. Lamar is asked after the game, how frustrated are you that everybody thought that you guys were going to be the Super Bowl team and you're going to be named MVP? Well, I'm not frustrated at all.
4: Um, I'm, I'm angry about you know losing. Uh, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting all this time, all these moments for an opportunity like this, and we fell short. Um, but, but I feel like our team we're going we're going to build. You know, this offseason season going to get get right, um, get better, grind, and try to be in this position again. But on the other side of victory,
1: Lamar, do you think there was opportunities to run the ball more?
4: Uh, Something. I mean, we could have ran the ball. We, you know, we were just we was down, and we just tried to you know put points on the board, try to get the ball down the field, and we just got to make something happen.
0: Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Another segment yet to go. We'll be racked right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Second and seven. Kelsey has just tied the Jerry Rice reception
0: record for career catches in the playoffs. That's, that's, wow, that's like not even a thing I thought anybody could touch. Yeah, I never says Jerry Rice has yeah, exactly. numbers that you can't, best of all time there. And that's what Kelsey's trying to do.
3: You gotta fight for your right to fight! Kick it!
0: Welcome back! Kick it! Bill Michaels Show, final segment. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the line. And, Mike, uh, boy, this it's going to be a party in Vegas. Uh, we're uh, getting rip-roaring, ready to go. The Mandalay Bay Convention Center all ready for us. And uh, and we're going to have opening night, actually, in Allegiant Stadium, which is something different nice. from the past. So, Why opening night is actually in the stadium. In the
2: stadium. Yeah, I yeah think we're that, going back to the cool. stadiums.
0: That's going to be an so we got that.
2: How about Patrick Mahomes coming up with that uh, key pass to – Clinch the game in Baltimore, and of all the guys he picks, he finds a wide open Marquez Valdez Scatling for 33 yards. And, and
1: MVS hung onto the ball
2: this time. Patrick, right. about that?
1: Um, I looked at, I think it was Rasheed first. And the safety cut him, and it, it gave MVS the free lane, and I just put it up and let him make a play. And in those situations, you put it up, you don't want to overthrow it, so you just put it up there one on one, let a guy make a play, and um, he did that. He made a great catch, um, and still the deal.
0: Mike, uh, look, it's hard to get back to a Super Bowl. They've now done it four times in five years, which is amazing.
2: Yeah, and coming out of the AFC Championship now six years in a row, so Patrick Mahomes is now the guy. You know, the Chiefs are now the dynasty taken over from the Patriots. And Patrick talked about, you know, while they expected to win another AFC Championship, it's still hard to get here, right?
1: No, you don't, you don't take it for granted either. Um You never know how many you're going to get to um, or if you're going to get to any. Um, And so it truly is special just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long. Guys coming together, it really is special. But uh, I I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring.
0: Mike, it's going to be a exciting. It's a matchup of two terrific teams, all the storylines that go along with it, and obviously I can't wait for opening night uh, for when we get there and everything, and we'll touch base with our good buddy Zach Gilbert. But uh, we're only about four days, five days away from heading out to Vegas, man.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. Kyle Shanahan wants, you know, retribution after losing to the Chiefs down there in Miami a few years ago. Uh, he wants to see – and he needs to not take his foot off the gas – he kind of did the first time, and Mahomes hit that long one to Sammy Watkins and beat right. him. So it's going to be—it is going to be a great matchup.
0: Yep, no doubt. My great stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. There you go. That's Mike Clemens, and like I said, we'll be out in Vegas uh, this weekend, and then getting ready for next week's broadcasts. And we talked about it earlier today. You got Bucks basketball coming up tonight. The Doc Rivers era begins. Wisconsin basketball getting a big wick, uh, big win over the weekend. We talked about that earlier, and they're number six in the AP poll now. And you've got to Marquette getting a, a win over the weekend as well. So a lot of good hoop stuff going on in the state of Wisconsin. We'll get more into that beginning tomorrow. But today was kind of the recap of what we had go down over the weekend in the world of football. And I'm sure it will continue to be. We'll probably hear at some point in time what's going on with the defensive coordinator position for the Green Bay Packers. As They'll make some type of an announcement, I would assume, within the next few days. So a lot of stuff to unpack, but it's been a hell of a Monday, and we're only one day in. Time for us to go. Until we talk again 20 hours from now, have a good one. See ya.